rides from Jersey without a suit all the time. Football kids and movies about crime. It's the Garden State of Mind. Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's not really a melancholy podcast. I would say it's the South Jersey's best podcast for Scorsese, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the list goes on, Jeff. How are you doing tonight? Great, Johnny Cakes. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good talking to you too. Uh, how are you holding up uh, under the current circumstances? All good? Yeah, you know, everything's fine. Walking Spirits are up. Working, doing online meetings. It's all good. Yeah. Zoom. You guys do everything on Zoom? Zoom. We're doing webinars. So we don't have to see people, which is nice. And just PowerPoints. So it's fine. Did you see, um, I don't know if it was on YouTube or somebody tweeted it or what, but it was, I guess, like a company or a team in some company that was on a Zoom meeting. And one of the people forgot forgot that their camera was on and they like literally went to the bathroom while they were on this call. And so like they were sitting on the toilet or whatever and nobody <laughs> on their team told them that this was like, you know, like, hey, uh, you might want to turn your camera off. Like yeah. they just let her go to the bathroom um, while she was on the call. Do you hear about that? No, you said it was the NFL. No, nah, I think it was oh. just, just some random company. I don't even know where no. it was. I didn't hear that. I don't know how people can be so reckless. I mean, we've been doing Zoom, like, birthday parties, you know, for all the kids, a whole bunch of birthdays the past month. And, and you know, I'm like, even just my family, I'm, like, making sure, like, there's nothing, you know, going on that's bad. I don't know. Not that there would be, but, like, for work, like, I had a meeting this week, and I thought it was just a conference call. And I realized as I was kind of clicking onto it that it was Zoom. And I'm like, fuck that. I didn't even know these people. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, you know, it was like first thing in the morning. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to be seen. I'm like, fuck this. I'm, the, I'm just going to act like my camera doesn't work or something. That's what I did. So I saw these, you know, these two guys and I was, you know, a blank screen. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, I don't usually join the video component, but like it depends. Like we're doing a happy hour or something on Friday. At four thirty, and I guess like I'll turn on my camera for that because we're not gonna be talking about work. It's just gonna be like you're supposed to have a drink and just bullshit yeah. for a half hour with everyone. So we're doing that. I'm assuming a lot of people are doing that, but yeah, I don't usually turn my camera on. My hair is it looks fucking insane. I look like uh, aged Pacino, I think, just about <laughs> on a daily basis. It's like a fucking maniac. That's a weird. I was saying to you, like, yeah, like, I wish Pacino took a cue from the movies he was in. Like, he should just, for the rest of his life, have the Hoffa haircut. You know, a little shaved a little too high above <laughs> the ears. Cool yeah. cut. You know, you see him at the Oscars, and he just looks like, you know, he looks like a maniac. Just like, you know, the hair is wild and disheveled. And, oh, my God. It makes you look like just such a mess. Professionally, yeah. personally. Like, just clean it up for, for the Oscars. And then go back to being a slob again. It shows you what a great actor he is because you see him as Hoffman. You're like, okay, he's like, you know, it's a normal guy. You see him in real life and you realize that he's probably 80% insane. Yeah, he really has a homeless look to him uh, all the time. That, and that's how he always looks. I, I, I don't think we've seen him. Because like you said, besides the Hoffa role, when's the last time you saw him look clean cut and normal? 
De Niro and, too. And you know what's funny? He loves uh, Pacino. Loves long hair just in general. And guess what? I mean, the guy looked fucking great in the seventies with the long hair. You know, you know, the Serpico, Serpico guy. It's yeah. awesome. I I met somebody. Um, one of my aunts like worked with somebody that was an extra in Godfather Three, and he was actually in uh, in that in the scene where all the Dons get shot up by a helicopter. Oh, in Atlantic City or whatever the hell yeah. they are. And he was one of the Dons at the table, but for whatever reason, he was on set a lot more than that. And he was either talking to Pacino or people on the set, and and Pacino just hated that he had a crew cut for that movie or like the short haircut. Hated it. Like just like it was like this was like his big news from the set that he told us. <laughs> so he clearly likes being like unkempt and and looking like a homeless slob. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's Al Pacino. He's earned the right to do whatever he wants. But yeah, sure. I just as long as you know, he keeps delivering. I, I, I on the other hand, I look like a a very uh, like a young version of Pat Riley at the moment. My hair's all slicked back. It's long. Oh but yeah. Got a big long beard, yeah. I'm pulling it off, Johnny. I can't, uh, I can't slick my hair back. I mean, I it's just too wavy. Like I try to hold it down. I would really need like a pound of grease to to keep it close to my head. It doesn't work for me. So I just, I don't do anything to it. I don't feel like it. I'm at home. Who cares? You know what? Believe it or not, I have like fixed my hair because it's long. So you know, when I wake up, it's like, it's like Pacino times a hundred. Right. But so every morning I wet it, I do a full wet and then a comb. And then it's like, it's like just plastered to my head, just using water. And then, (laughs) and then like the rest of the day, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm looking sharp, Johnny. You look like fucking Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Wall Street style. Yeah. That's a good look. I'm not sporting that. I, I guess. And my wife and daughter don't care. You know, whatever. They're already stuck with me. I don't need to present myself any uh, better than I already am. Your wife gave up on, on being attracted to somebody years and years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> the crowd goes wild for your joke. Um, I know we wanted to uh, get into some television um, before we do that. I do have to play something from we have a new sponsor that came oh, in okay yeah so it, um i'm gonna go ahead and let that roll i had a good job until my boss accused me of stealing i better call saul i was out partying minding my own business you are under arrest i'd better call saul hi i'm saul goodman did you know that you have rights Constitution says you do, and so do I. I believe that until proven guilty, every man, woman, and child in this country is innocent. And tell my governor. For you, tell my, tell my governor. Saul. <laughs> so obviously, uh, Saul Goodman isn't one of our sponsors. I just thought that would be a good intro into what we want to really talk about tonight, which is um, Better Call Saul, the finale. The going gets tough. Hey, Jesse, shut the fuck up. What's happening? <laughs> that was Jesse Pinkman. Not on the top of your game, are you? It's no, it's I was I was on YouTube and it started auto playing. Uh, 
I forgot to pause the video when it stopped, so it started rolling into the next video. And I pay for no ads, so you're not going to get an ad. You just get a, a video, you know, rolls right into it. La-di-da. Yeah. So um, what, what were your thoughts on the finale? I, um, you know, it's fun. It's, it was a little bit of a come down, I have to admit, from episode nine. Um, just because episode nine was so wild, but um, I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised I can't, I can't to hear say... you say that. A come down, hmm. a little bit. Just, I mean, just I'm just saying a little bit. I don't know. I was, you know, why? Because I I kind of knew going in, not a lot was going to get resolved, if it anything. Um, yeah, I'm not explaining myself well. Go ahead. So I I would disagree i think you're feeling that way because the ending of episode nine was lalo well it was basically kim facing down lalo um and saving saving jimmy's ass or saul's ass and then that was you know i mean that was about as intense as it gets that that scene and so you come off of that and then the beginning of this uh, season finale was not that you know it was literally right after lalo left so the air lets out of the balloon a little bit and they ease into it slowly. I mean, I think it's well known that those, what do they call them, the penultimate episodes are the more exciting episodes usually. At least that's been like the trend over the last five years, I would say. I mean, I'm, this is not going to sound right, but, you know, they're very good at manipulating us only because they're, master, they're masters at what they're doing, right? So they make you feel... Like any way they want us to feel, honestly. Like, like I get sucked in. So I was all in last week. Like, oh my god, so crazy. But then as I settled in this week, I realized, well, it's not like we're not going to see Kim Dot. Like I wasn't worried when she was headed to the courthouse. You know, I didn't really think. Like when he left, I'm like, yeah, you did it. You got him out of there. You made sense. Like I, I, I didn't get the fear that Saul had that he was in trouble from Lalo. Still, I felt like they, they. You know, they got over on him. Well, you mean after Lalo left. So Lalo leaves and now you're thinking, oh, they're fine. Yeah, to me, I wasn't, I didn't feel the urgency of now it's a problem you still have to worry about. I mean, of course, you're, you're going to have to be thinking about the guy. But as far as I was concerned, they were safe. I have to say that um, that Lalo character, I don't know that I would ever feel safe. He so that the guy that plays him, what's his name, Tony Dalton? Yeah, I I mean, I think my favorite part about the character is how he keeps everybody off balance. Um, more so than most characters that I can remember in either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Like I guess, you know, Tuco, you you could say, oh yeah, you always feel. It, honestly, it's not off balance. You just feel like you're about to get your face smashed in by Tuco, or you might just get killed. But with Lalo, like he kind of throws you off. You can't tell is he liking me or is he, you know, from the character's point of view. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I guess I there's that fear. He he just instills fear to the point where I could see from the character standpoint, especially Saul. He he's been around this guy long enough or dealt with him enough to know that he's just not safe as long as that guy's alive. It, there's 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 no safety. That's true. I mean that, that it's it's definitely true and then I in one hand I guess I felt stupid. I was like what was I thinking? Like was was Lalo really going to be done forever? I mean <laughs> I know, you know, we know that 
Saul mentions him in Breaking Bad and Nacho. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I kind of like, I guess, how it was almost a little bit settled last week. And now it's back to being just kind of, you know, totally upended. You factor in the virus and, you know, we don't know what the schedule is going to be. They're actually, I heard that they're still kind of on schedule um, in a way. How? For like, like for September, assuming that whatever's in front of them either gets switched around or something, but at least they've been running it. You know, I think it's all just a matter of, of the shooting of it, I think, for the most part. I was listening to like the 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 podcast, so like you know, they did the podcast on the Super Bowl, most of them. So they they've been they started a new season in you know February, early February, at least the writing of it. Oh wow, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's how quick were... they shoot and and edit and release these these episodes. Yeah, and. You're right, and uh, I heard Tony Dalton. He would, they were scheduled to start shooting in st- this September. So I mean, that'll f- probably like I don't know if it's pushed back or maybe, you know, whatever productions are happening, they can switch it around. I don't know. I'm more fearing for the health and safety of all these people. <laughs> like you, no, I too. think you've mentioned Jonathan Banks before, um, but all of them. I don't want any of them to get sick. And I'm apologizing. It's coming off selfishly. I want them to finish the show with all the characters. Um, so John Carlos Esposito, uh, Bob Odenkirk, they all need to stay healthy. Um, that's my biggest fear. I agree. Yeah, me too. Could you imagine if there was just the final season, there's either no Lalo, like Tony Dalton's dead or John Carlos Esposito? Like what? <laughs> what? Uh, what would you even do? What would you even do? It's not like you could kill off the Gus character, right? Because he was in Breaking Bad. So (laughs) what is it? Just they have like someone mimicking his voice and they just do phone calls with him and that's it? Maybe maybe Frank Caliendo can like work on his impressions and and fill in. I guess that would be the answer. Rich Little could be Jonathan Banks. God, is he still alive? I think he is. Or do we need someone to to be Rich Little being Jonathan Banks? Like, what, <laughs> Inception this shit. Um, yeah, I. so uh, besides – oh, God, why don't I just stutter a couple more times? Besides uh, Better Call Saul, I, I also noticed – what's the Sopranos reboot called again? Saints of Newark? The mini yeah. Saints of Newark? Yeah, I so saw that was delayed a year. So that's, that's coming out in 2021. Yeah. Yes. That's horrible. What are they filming that thing for fucking four years? Listen, I don't know. I'm kind of fine with everything. I, I'm actually fine with no sports right now, honestly. Well, I don't. I don't care about that right now. Yeah, I agree. Each night, I can settle in. You know, the wife and I are watching the Americans, and you know, we're kind of focused on that. You know, we're going to finish six seasons probably in, you know, a couple more weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know. My wife can finally stay up past 9 p.m. <laughs> you know, so like I've already watched The Americans, but I'm watching it again because I love it. So, you know, I, I can't wait around for her to watch a TV show. But, you know, doing some good binging. I'm really enjoying myself. No, it's great. But, you know, when you finish off a season like that of Better Call Saul, the first thought is, shit, what happens next? 
And, you know, we're not used to, especially because I've been binging so much, I'm not used to having to wait for anything. No. You, you know, I'm making my way through, I'm, you know, I'm plodding along to the end of season one here of Mad Men, although I love it, but it's because I'm mixing in other shows. You know, I'm, I'm also watching Fargo. Uh, I'm also doing a rewatch of Breaking Bad. Just finished Better Call Saw. I feel like there's something else in there that I'm missing. I'm going to watch Handmaid's Tale, you know. It's going to take me a while to get through all these if I'm watching them at the same time. But to me, it almost like stretches out the enjoyment of it to watch like three, four episodes, take a break for a few days, then go back. I can do that. I just I have to switch in other shows. Well, yeah. And like I said, that the end of season four, you know, when Jimmy is saying to Kim, you know, it's all good. It's all good, man. Yeah. Reverses away from her. Then, you know, that gets reversed this week. Yes. Her, her doing it back to him. And yeah, this is a tough, I mean, can you imagine I, you know, this is my, I mean, I've been live for every better call Saul season, but yeah, last year was tough, man. I was like, that was, that's quite an ending to a season. It was cause you knew what was coming in, in, in a way. I mean, I'm not talking about the plot lines, but you knew the turn that Jimmy was taking, uh, into Saul and where that was going to go. This is, I got to say, the Kim Wexler storyline's depressing me, man. I'm just, I'm down about it. Before before we get into it, I have one more nitpick. Uh-huh. Uh, about uh, what? Stephen, Stephen Bauer. Bauer. What's his name? Stephen Bauer. You Steven mean Bauer. Don Eladio? Yeah. God, he um, looks 90. He, yeah, he, he he's noticeably old. Like, I don't <laughs> care about... Odenkirk or Banks or anybody or Esposito, but he looks like, yeah, he's been baking out in that pool, you know, since Breaking Bad ended. Um, he's got to dial it down <laughs> a bit. I I, I kind of don't like how he just, I, I just don't like that character anymore. I don't think he's a great actor. He's, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's there with, with experts and he's definitely the worst one on set. And I've heard him on the, on the Better Call Saul podcast or the Breaking Bad podcast, that is, and he's even, He's even like this in real life, like just too animated. Like every actor, you figure, you know, they're they're always a ham. They're always hamming it up, and yeah, yeah he's just too much. You know, Bill Simmons had a funny thing years ago. I remember reading. He was talking about Scarface and like, yeah, since Manolo. He, since he had never seen Stephen Bauer again, he thought he actually was murdered in Scarface, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. But yeah, I don't think he's like we're all clamoring to see what this guy is doing next, but. I'm just I'm tired. I don't like his take on Donald Ladio. Well, he wasn't setting the world on fire with his with his Manny, his role of Manny in Scarface. When you think about it, I mean, it was yeah. very basic. The guy hasn't done much else since. I'm sure he's been in some things. I thought he was fine in Breaking Bad. Like I I don't know. I thought he was a little too. more understated. I mean, I thought he did too. But you know, when you take it on a whole, now that's what our fifth scene with this guy and his character. You know, and then in contrast to Tony Dalton as Lalo, who is, you know, we were scared. The first time we saw Lalo, he was making, you know, fucking burritos and we were scared of the guy and knew he was going, he was trouble. Where I I think Stephen Bauer's choice of, all right, I'm Don Eladio, I kill everybody at will and I'm going to kill Gus's, you know, boy next to him and all this stuff, but I'm going to ham it up and I'm the... You know, yeah. uh, I like these little gifts and I'm real animated, but I'm still going to kill you a second later. I think he's just just bad choices. Yeah, but, you know, he's stuck into that role now. They have to go with him. He's, I know. He's, he not just, the, he's not the best. 
I think that was part of it. I was just I was getting annoyed in his scenes. I don't know why. Maybe too much. Yeah, you just have to focus on you have to focus on uh god damn it, the guy that plays Nacho. He he's a great actor, and then obviously yes. Tony Dalton as Lalo. That's who you have to focus on in those scenes. That's where all the good acting is happening. Right. Just it's like in what world is Michael Mando or Tony Dalton or even their characters like have to answer to this clown? <laughs> I know, no, I know. Why doesn't somebody just shoot him? Shoot that <laughs> piece of shit. So anyway, I'm sorry, I just had to say that. So back to Kim. So you're up. You're you're concerned. Well, yeah, we can move through some of the characters. I have thoughts on just about all of them. Um, yeah. So my take on Kim Wexler is, you know, obviously I think most viewers have fallen in love with her. Just as right. Jimmy's friend, she's beautiful. What's her name? Race, Ray Seahorn. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's beautiful. But that playing that character, she's done a really good job. And she was always in Jimmy's corner. So you kind of root for her. She, I'm always on her side. And now she's taking a turn where maybe she's she's the worst version of of Saul. You know, she could be. She she could probably match him in terms of I'm willing to do this to pull off a scam or to take somebody down. I'm just talking about yeah. this plan that she's concocting for Howard. I I have some thoughts. Um, I think, you know, we know, we know, I think famously like Gilligan and Gould, they didn't necessarily, you know, they didn't have this, this show planned out from the beginning. You know, I'm sure they have the rough idea for next season, but you know, it's not necessarily all figured out. And, and, yeah. You know, it could be on on a little bit on their behalf of like a, just a general commentary on lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> where you know we're conditioned to look at Saul, and we all have that local. You know, there's like Rand Spear in our area. You know, the guy that's on TV that you know he's just full of shit. But when you want to get some cash, you're like, give me the full of shit guy. You know, what what is really separating Saul from Hamlin? A, a well, nice when suit, you a better well, presentation. Yeah, when you think about it, you look back on what not just Harry or Harry, god damn it. I'm thinking of Harry Hamlin the actor. Uh Howard. <laughs> not just uh Howard but also Chuck. When you think about what they did to both Jimmy and Kim and really yeah. I mean, not destroying their careers, but Really holding them down. And Jimmy, you know, Jimmy probably more so than Kim, but they they fucked with Kim too, especially with Mesa Verde. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good point. You raise a good point. I guess it's it's probably just what I've – Kim seemed to be the virtuous one of the two, even though I knew she had a little bit of prankster in her. I don't know. I'm seeing something darker. Like you're – you know, you're definitely feeling me. Like the the whole idea of, you know – well, here's the thing, too, with Chuck, with Howard, with all of the characters on both of these shows, you know, uh, you can defend them all at most of the time. You know, you, you can definitely see where Chuck is coming from. But, you know, Chuck is, even though Chuck comes off as the brilliant law mind and, you know, loves the law. And then, you, you know, you, you make, think back to our collective, like, you know, you know, like uh, Andrew Beckett or something in Philadelphia. Well, I love the law and give me a fucking break. You're a lawyer. Maybe you do love the law, but you know, if you love the law, then you wouldn't be billing a thousand dollars an hour and you would do some more pro bono stuff, that kind of thing. Right. And you know, yeah, they fucked over Kim or, you know, Chuck, 
Chuck uh, entrapped Jimmy and, you know, hid the the tape if you want to started really the whole ball rolling. And, you know, Howard didn't stand up to him with all the times that he knew Jimmy was a good worker and then didn't hire him. And and he fucked over Kim. And think of Howard when he's walking down the hallway, you know, with Kim from Mesa Verde. And he's not saying a word to her. And they're coming down every hall and twisting and turning. And then as soon as he gets out to where they are, then he's he puts a smile on his face and he's like the charming guy. And it's like, oh, you're just you're just another full of shit asshole just trying to get their money. You're still yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. And you're right. And, I shouldn't feel too bad. And let's jump all the way back to probably one of my favorite moments for Breaking Bad when Jesse buys back his house and you have another, you know, probably banking corporate lawyer who's on the up and up. And he comes in and looks at Saul with his suit, and he's like, I'm better than Saul, but you're trying to sell a house that had a meth lab in it. Right. And, and you got completely you know, jerked off by the guy that you have no respect for. Like, you're all the same. You know, It's all about this, this whole season and series is about the two faces everyone has. Well, that's, that's a good point. You raise good points. I can't argue with any of that. Uh, pro- I'm probably looking at – oh, God. I'm sorry, if, if I may. No, please go on. To, t- to take it to Kim, okay? Kim did what she had to do. We were getting a sense of her, of how she was brought up. You know, the alcoholic yeah. mother, they never owned the house. You know, that it was no mistake that she told that to Acker out in, you know, Santa Fe, you know, yeah. her how she was brought up. And you know she did everything on her own. And although she's good at the law and knows her stuff and – does right by her clients. She's playing a game too with that ponytail and eating shit from Howard and eating shit from, you know, uh, the, the Texan guy or what I forget his name and all of them. And like, and she, you know, she protests in her own little ways and then she gets Jimmy involved this year. But I, I think the the greatest thing that they've done is pulled the wool over all of our eyes thinking that Kim was going to be the one that was going to get so fucked up by all this. We all fell in love with her, but we look back, there's hints along the way the whole time that she loved doing this stuff with Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy's maybe bad for her bringing her down quote unquote, but really maybe it's just, this is just the real side of her. This is the side she wants. And, and if she can still do those pro bono cases, but know she needs cash on the side. And if she can get cash from that jerk off Howard, by extorting him or getting the money that Jimmy's rightfully owed or whatever, then why not? I guess. Well, I agree with you. I just think this is the her. Everyone has a dark side. To what degree of darkness that is, I guess it varies person to person. Kim, Kim clearly has that. She had a rough upbringing, rough relationship with her mom. We obviously know Jimmy's background and what and what his deal was, and and we watched it with Chuck. I just think that he does bring out that dark side of her. And I don't think that that's going to wind up being her best side in the end. It's the most interesting to watch for sure on the show, but I think it's going to be the one that either winds her up in, like we talked about, she gets disappeared the way Walt did and, and Saul at the end of breaking bad or spoiler alert there, uh, or she winds up dead, which, you know, is another possibility 
um, because she is embroiled in all this. I mean, you look back like when he would try to come up with, I, I can't think of a scheme off the top of my head, but she was always sort of trying to be the voice of reason. She loved pulling scams yeah. with him on, yeah. on people that she thought deserved it, but she was still trying to do the right thing, I would say, most of the time. But for the most of the time, if you really think about it, the most of the time where she was trying to do the right thing or to, to, to up, she was trying to bro, to raise up her career. And now that she had it, she's a partner. She, she has all those Mesa Verde, you know, statues in her office, but you know, she takes the tequila, you know, bottle thing. Yeah. Like she did what she had to, to get where she thought she wanted, where she thought this was the pinnacle. You're a partner. And it wasn't good enough. It just not as it wasn't satisfying. Nah, and she's taken it's, on all those pro bono cases and the felonies so, now. And and even if you she, know you're saying about her dark side, if she, you know, if 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 she does get you know goes through with her plan for Howard, but is able to open up that office and help all those people. I mean, did she? One of them said it in that episode. I guess it was her. Like. He's just one lawyer, you know, one jerk off lawyer that would wouldn't, you know, have a career anymore versus all these people she could help. Did she say it? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Uh, Look, we're getting into philosophical territory here. So, like, if you show me a guy and said, just shoot this guy in the head and 10 people are going to live. I I guess it makes sense to shoot the guy in the head to save 10 people. I don't know that it means it's the right thing to do. (laughs) Well, all right. But, I'm know, just saying, you're telling me, you know, you take one guy's career down. It's I wouldn't say it's been provoked. He did offer Jimmy a job. He would probably offer Kim a job. Uh, unbeknownst to him, they're concocting a scheme to destroy his career. You know, they could have settled this long ago, too. You know, Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill should have settled, could have settled this. They're not really holding out for much more. You know, again, she... Even though they paid for her law school, they did. He jerked her off at almost every turn. He didn't until he didn't, and then she succeeded. I don't know. I mean, this is her chance. I don't know. Well, I'm just. I think you know she's got that air of like a modern day Robin Hood, in some respects, um, and that's kind of the way I see her. I don't see Jimmy or Saul that way necessarily, but I do see Kim that way very willing to help the downtrodden. I think Saul always has an angle with all that. Um, and, and there's, there are reasons to why he helps these, uh, he does these pro bono cases, but I don't know. I just, um, I, to me, it, to me, it's a, it's a sad story. It's a good story, but to me, it's a, it's still a sad story. You know, this is a person that pretty much doesn't have hope at this point. I don't know. I mean, we're all I th- I think the whole like everyone that lo- loves a show is on board with. We're so worried about Kim and it's so sad, but I don't know if it's sad anymore. I don't know if she dies anymore. Um I don't think it's, you know, remember that uh, remember that picture in Game of Thrones that was going around? There was a little drawing of Jon Snow and Khaleesi and some dragons and some kids sitting on a throne. It was like a happy ever ending. Remember that picture? Yes. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think we're going to see, you know, Gene and Kim in Alaska with Jesse, you know, just doing something. Like I No. I but I understand. I think I I don't know. I I also think too, you know, even though even though in Breaking Bad it was a throwaway line from Saul saying, you know, at best I end up in a in a Cinnabon in, in Omaha. 
So he is there. So yeah. now we know, you know, we know that's where Kim is from. She's from, you know, that kind of that area of the country. And it's a big area, but it's small in many ways where it's just a lot of space and then pop-up towns. Even Omaha is pretty small. I've been there. And, you know, she's wearing the Kansas City shirt again. I I think a lot of next season, I bet there's multiple episodes of, of present day. And maybe maybe how Jimmy or Gene uh, gets over that taxi driver is, you know, he somehow finds Kim and, and figures something out. Yeah, maybe it's possible. We don't know. That'll be interesting. I just feel like these guys are really good at writing tragedy. Tragedy, and I just see a lot of tragedy ahead. I don't feel hopeful for Nacho. I'm I'm assuming that he's he's iced. There's no way Lalo lets him leave Mexico. How does he? How does look, he it looked like he out? was chasing after. It looked like he was chasing after him at the end of the episode. Yeah. He was he was leaving the property. Well, explain um, to me. Explain to me why that was a good idea for Gus. Yeah, I thought about that. I don't necessarily know other than, look, Lalo alive, whether he's in the States or he's in Mexico, he's still a hindrance to Gus and his operation. I mean, they're still talking about, and you saw him talking to Tio. You know, look, we're just going to keep blowing up his restaurants and we're going to make life difficult for him. I don't know why Lalo just hadn't had Gus killed already. I guess he can't get to him. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think... I think that maybe that's getting a little too, um, I don't know, too murky in trying to pull it all together with, with the Salamancas and and Gus and and Juan Bosa and all this stuff. Like, I mean, is it really that big of a deal that they they all get along or don't get along or whatever the fuck? Well, we know it's unresolved anyway. As of the beginning of Breaking Bad, I mean, it's not going to be yeah. resolved at the end of Better Call Saul. There's still a lot of ill feelings on on both sides because well, nothing's still, yeah, resolved there's still salamancas and uh yeah yeah i guess so, i guess tuco is going to be a part of next season right, i would imagine so and lalo is still at least jimmy thinks he's alive in breaking bad so how did they resolve this next year did he just murder nacho and get on with it or you know how i i don't know how does he not come after Jimmy? Of course, of course he has to. That's true now too, right? He knows Jimmy lied, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he he knows a lot. And that's why I'm saying, like, Kim has to disappear. I just can't see, you know, Kim Kim either disappears or she's dead, right? Those yeah, are the only taking, two options. Stop taking credit for my Kim disappears idea. No, that's fine. That, that was you. That was you. The disappeared was good. You know, if he, I could, I could tell you were impressed on via text that I said. Yeah, that. Uh, there you go. How's that? <laughs> okay. Now, sadly, she won't have a scene with Robert Forster. No, or, could, no. Or Frank Caliendo. Uh, it could be, but it would, again, it would just have to be him calling her because he's not going to pull off the look. Yeah, hey, damn it, Forster. Our, our, our new disappearer is doing a John Madden impression. All right. <laughs> Here's what I think about that joke. No, come on. Think about it. He pulls up in the Madden cruiser. To that <laughs> I, site I know. In Albuquerque. <laughs> come on. Are you a Caliendo fan? You know, actually, uh, I have, there's been some things on Twitter I've seen. He's, he's, he's been pretty funny actually lately. Has he? Like overall, no, but 
he does some he does some good stuff, honestly. Well, he's really good at the at at the impressions he's really good at. He's really good. You know, like yeah. Morgan Freeman, I think he does a really good Morgan Freeman. Obviously he can do uh what's his name? Jerk off from uh the Raiders, uh Gruden. Gruden. Does a great Gruden. Uh I guess he does a good Madden. Yeah, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley, sure. Um, but that's it, right? Is it like a handful of voices and then he's well, done? He's doing there'll be these little videos and then he's doing like Summerall and Madden, like you know, commentating on someone like falling down or something. Okay. I mean, I watched like a 20, was it Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon? I watched him do like 20 different impressions and he gets them all. He nails everyone. He can do De Niro, Pacino, Alec Baldwin. I mean, he just runs the gamut and he does them quick. I, I feel like he's got more talent than Caliendo does. You got to look that Fallon. up on you. You got to look that up on, on YouTube. Yeah. It's a good one, um, but anyway, so we're back to back to Better Call Saul because I feel like okay. we still got a little bit more there. What it didn't make sense to me for Gus to do that, other than to create a more interesting storyline, I guess, mm. or a more interesting episode. Oh. And he really puts Nacho in the middle. Like, I I I wind up hating Gus more now than I did in Breaking Bad. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, why he, is he such a dick now? He's a soulless piece of shit. Yeah. And I was thinking before, like, I wish there was more character development with Gus because, you know, clearly Giancarlo Esposito is a, a great actor. You could probably get a lot out of him, but I guess that's just what he is. He's just this private, personal um, uh, guy with a, with a revenge streak or a vengeance, and that's it. His best friend or his lover or whatever died or was murdered, and now ever since he's been on the warpath. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, honestly, we should be more scared for Nacho than Kim. Uh, well, Nacho, you mean Lalo getting to Nacho? I'm saying we know Nacho. I don't, I don't know how Nacho is not dead. I don't think Kim's going to die. Obviously, Saul doesn't die. Um, there's probably really good evidence. I mean, Saul was pretty, let's face it. He was pretty upbeat in breaking bad. Like he didn't seem like a guy that had his wife murdered or, you know, no, he didn't. You're right about that. You know, and maybe like, I, you know, maybe she just was, oh, well, whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to project. We don't need to, no. but I, I agree with you. I don't feel very good about Nacho's chances. And I hate Gus for not letting. I mean, Gus just put him right in the smack in the middle of this. Yeah. And you you knew for sure that Lalo wasn't going to be assassinated. There wasn't even a a question in my mind that this guy. I I didn't think he wasn't going to be in the next season. Of course, I knew he was going to be around. Now that I fell for, I'm so stunned. I'm like, oh, I guess he's. I guess they're going to get him. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, it looked that way when Nacho let them in. You're like, oh, okay, he's in the kitchen. Just go pop him. <laughs> but they were the worst. That was the worst assassination crew I've ever seen in my life. I did see there was something funny on Twitter. Like Gus is like, I used the the best guys ever, and they're like, well, maybe you should use Mike. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Mike could do what these. They, I don't know how many were in that little SWAT team. It looked like about five of them or six. I don't know. Uh, they were. That was pathetic. All it all it took was a griddle. Uh, a skillet rather with a some uh, 
not griddle, a, a skillet with some some cooking oil. That's it. Yeah, that's all I needed. I don't not know. Far. I'm, I'm trying to look it up now. I can't know how to spell Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Um, that's pretty. No, it's not that far down in Mexico. It's uh, it's a little north of dead center. Okay, well he's got a like I like I don't know how Nacho's getting out of there. It looks like he's well, he's got a car, right? Probably. Yeah, you would imagine he had his keys on him. He's like the distance from from uh, like here to let's say I don't know North Carolina from Chihuahua to El Paso. You know, I probably would have been bummed out if they had killed Lalo. I'd, I I kind of would rather have him around next season. He just makes it that much more interesting. Now, he can't be back in the U.S., though. Like, we're not going to see him with anybody. Who? Lalo. Why? What? You mean because uh, cause of the warrant? Because he skipped bail on the, yeah. on the murder case? Oh, like he can't... Uh, well, I mean, they could sneak him in the country. They, they have they, they endless amounts of money. Listen, how prominent he he can be. Oh, what? Well, I know, I know, because he he's not Don Eladio, so he doesn't have the most money in Mexico. He he clearly has a lot. I mean, they they paid seven million for for him to uh, get out on bail. He's got a lot of cash lying around. I don't know. You would think he would have enough to. Pay to pay his way into the states again. Find Saul. Find Kim. Go kill Gus. Whatever he's trying to do, which he isn't going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with that storyline. I I really don't know how it doesn't end in Lalo's demise. Yeah, the problem is because Saul mentions him. In well, God, how close are we to wall time? I, so here's all right. So here's my here's some of my predictions for next year. So, I I, I bet the first the first episode might be all Gene, and the taxi driver, or something, or maybe you know each year was a little longer and longer. You know I bet you this next the first episode is like almost all of that, whatever that is. Yeah, the and, flash forward. And there's 13 episodes next year, so, you know I, I wouldn't be shocked if three episodes are like in current day. Um, and then, you know, let's face it. They love the fans. They love this, this whole community. You know, they're giving us Jesse and Walt. you know, they are like, they would not, they would never not give us that. Not even if we want it or not, but I uh, guess so. I'm just trying to think of how interesting that's supposed to be given the timeline of where they were. Like, I, I just don't know what, what does that mean? I guess Walt with Tuco, you know, where's the overlap going to occur? If, if So if Saul's mentioning Lalo when he meets Walt, yeah, you know, the, these timelines are coming together. So, and so that could be as simple as, you know, uh, six months from now where he meets Walt. It could be. He hasn't Arno. even opened up his practice, though. Well, Tuco has to get, yeah, so maybe it's a year and, you know, maybe he made some deal with Lalo where he's just doing some law stuff for him, obviously, or something. 
so it made a deal to keep them safe for for the time being and you know maybe that's I, what get what 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 how it's gets spurred through spurred on but on what planet does lalo allow them to live this is why i don't I, i'll be interested to see how the writers do this like he just he just you saw him he walked past his gardener yeah. and his cook right they're both dead um nacho as soon as nacho said this is going to be clean right and they the guys just hung up on him i said oh well, these old people are dead that that's well, definitely on. happening just because there was an attempt on his life that why does that necessarily mean that Saul lied to him um well you know what maybe it doesn't that's true I guess I'm basing it on what I know, not what Lalo knows. I think he's more. I think he's more obsessed with Gus and Nacho. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he would even consider that Jimmy had anything to do with it. He has no idea that Juan Bosa, you know, set up that, you know, that robbery of Saul. No. So I don't. I don't think that's going to come out. So you don't think he's going to revisit that conversation, though, huh? He was already uneasy. Kim talked him out of it by just saying, look, he doesn't lie. He doesn't no, I, lie. He may revisit it, but that's not who he's walking fast at the end of the season. Two. Oh, no. He's going after Nacho immediately, yeah. and, and then uh, I guess I would imagine it would be Gus. But how does he get out of – how does Gus get out of this? Really, forget Jimmy. How does Gus get out of this? Well, does anyone know where Gus even lives? No, how does Gus get out of, if we're assuming that Lalo figures out that Gus set up the hit, or does he just blame it all on Nacho? Is that what Gus does? He just pins it all on Nacho. Well, uh, yeah, I just, that that's a possibility. I, I would, I'm not sure how they would frame that. that. That's definitely a possibility. How does he build that story? He could, like, you know, he could have, uh, Nacho could have, set it up that someone was, you know, following his car to make sure he knew where it was. And, you know, Nacho obviously let them in. Yeah. So, you know, they could, and, and, and they also, in the, in the scenes of, you know, the last week's scenes, they replayed the line where Gus says, all of our actions had to be unimpeachable. So if you're telling Mike that Mike will make sure all their actions were unimpeachable. So it's not going to get back to Gus. Even though Gus took on the assassin part of it, I don't think it's going to get back to him either. All right, I'll be interested to see how they uh, how they do this. I'm not sure. A lot of unanswered questions, and I am still puzzled as to why Gus would have done this. I mean, I know he hates the Salamancas. Clearly, I, this is actually, a bold think, move, man. I think you did kind of say it because maybe they're just going to keep up blowing his restaurants forever. Yeah, that's part of it, right? Yeah, it's really making his life a living hell. Um and and eventually he'll just lose that operation. And that's his entire front. You know, they might take their cue from uh like the Sopranos, like everything just has a price. Even Jenny's fat ass, you know, was worth like a hundred grand. But you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna clip somebody over it. So maybe they just tell Lalo, all right, you know, Nacho did this, you know. Well, how about you get your seven million back and all is forgiven or something? <laughs> Wait, what did Carmine say? It, it was an off-color remark. Just uh, name your yeah. price and move the fuck yeah. on. <laughs> Clip a guy? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, 
Oh, God, Johnny Sack. So, uh, all right. I mean, I feel like we covered all of our bases with this episode. I think we did. I think we got it yeah. all figured out. We talked about Saw the least, I would say, which is really which interesting. Which is amazing. It's, it's fucking amazing. That's how great this show is. That, And then, yeah, he was the most unsaw-like ever. I mean, I know just now, just talking about him now, I've called him Saul and Jimmy. I've gone back and forth like every 10 seconds. It's, it's tough. It, it's what an amazing piece of work. Everyone said, you know, the good thing is that, like everything, you know, the limited time I'm on Twitter, every time I'm on Twitter, there are a zillion people saying give all the Emmys to Kim or to Ray Seahorn and, you know, and she'll actually like like tweets and, and thank everybody. And like she's on a promotion tour and then she should be like. There's no reason she she hasn't won, that Esposito hasn't won, Odenkirk hasn't won, that this that, that the show hasn't won, Banks hasn't won, uh, everybody. Um, She's gonna she lose won. to Mandy Moore or that <laughs> other yeah. fat one on This yeah. Is Us. <laughs> um, right. You know, God, it's gonna be really depressing. But she did everything she could to deserve an Emmy for this performance. Oh, just amazing. I I think the and the, the greatest compliment we can give her is that she's in she's in Carrie Coon, you know, even Tony Dalton, uh, you know, John Hamm territory where you just now you want to see everything they've ever done. I wanna like I just wanna watch everything she's done. And go back I know. Her. I wonder I was I read an article about her, it was like a month ago. And she hasn't done a whole lot. No. Um, this was her, her huge break, obviously, and she's killed it. But I know that I think she was friends with the casting agent. The casting agent, yeah, she was going for something else, and that casting agent always liked her. And she said, ah, we'll find something for you. And this was the role that she finally called her back for. And, my God, I mean, you can't really picture anybody else playing her. No. I'm always blown away by when you're watching somebody like that. It's like, you know, how did, how was she missed all this time? Like she's our age. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's not a spring chicken. Um, and, well, know, neither is Odenkirk. It's all just amazing. Just incredible work. How about, uh, think about everyone in this show. Tony Dalton, I don't know what he's done up to this point. He must be doing Mexican I, soap operas. I have no I idea. The other day, he's done a lot of stuff in in, in Spanish. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So it's tough. Like I you know, I, uh, Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. So he's on my on my uh, Amazon uh, watch list for uh, I think Wise Guy. I'm gonna. Start. He was in that show. Remember that show? I do remember the show. I mean, he looks familiar. I've obviously seen him over the years. Um, why is it that he hasn't aged? So, like, you think back to Breaking Bad. I mean, unless you're counting his liver spots, Mike looks pretty much like Mike. But Don Eladio looks like they sucked, like, the blood out of him. <laughs> and they and to the point where they sucked everything out of him, to the point where it's just like his skin is all loose and wrinkly. Yeah, he, he looked bad. God, he... Looks ten years older than he did on Breaking Bad. Yeah, well, he is. Yeah, but like fatten him up. He he also <laughs> looks like he lost some weight or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he was pretty big in Breaking Bad. I thought that's part of what made him so imposing. He, he looked like the biggest guy in the room. Yeah, he's a tall guy. But yeah. Anyway. 
Great episode. I yeah. I love the finale. I, I've been listening to so many podcasts. I love the uh, the line that everyone says. We had a uh, we had a lot to unpack here, and we we did it, Johnny. We unpacked it all. I think. I I withheld. Uh, I I barred myself from using that phrase. Let's unpack phrase. this episode. Yeah. I hate that it's, phrase. It's apropos, so much. but it's annoying as hell. I just hate it. I hate that, and I'm over my skis. And there's so many phrases that everyone just loves now. <laughs> Can I tell you? You know who uses a lot of those phrases is uh, Mal. What's her name? Mallory from uh, The Ringer. Oh, I hate her so much. I, I do tried. too, but I wish I, I wish she wasn't so good at what she does. Though I have to give her credit. When sometimes it depends on depends on the subject matter, but I listen to um, the Ringer or the Rewatchables for oh god, what's the one with Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone? Basic, uh, Basic Instinct. I thought that was really good, and she did a really it. good job. I just deleted it. I just deleted no, it. No, it was so it. great. It was great. You should you should get it back and listen to it. I did listen to her. Dude, they talked about Devs. That's a show I was watching on Hulu. And it's a shame because her and Jason, they have really good insights and, you know, and they, they know what to look for and, you know, they, they, they have good insights, but they're so obnoxious that it's, it's, it's really tough. They are. And she is very obnoxious. You're right. It's difficult to listen to her, but I guess I just, she makes good observations. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen basic instinct in, in 20 years. So. I would have to rewatch the movie and then listen to that podcast. So I'm like, ah, it's an, that was an easy delete for me. I haven't seen it in many years, but they made it interesting to think about it again. And I do remember a lot of the things that they laugh at and make fun of. I remember all those things and I didn't think anything of them at the time. But then when they recall just certain ridiculous aspects of the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Why the fuck did they do something like that? That's why I like the rewatchables because they're things that I probably picked up on and then forgot about, and they just rehashed them for me, which I like. Mm. Yeah, no, it's normally I usually listen. I, yeah, I listen to them all. You don't watch Homeland, do you? I don't. I heard it was kind of blah towards the end. I, I don't know. I'm only getting... watching it now just because, you know, we just watch it. Actually, that's that's still Melinda's show that that we watch together. And, yeah. Uh, but Lombardi is dead on when he when he talks about it. Yeah, I've heard him. I, he's he's probably one of the reviews I'm thinking of. He he shits yeah. all over that show. It's it's ridiculous. I'm just watching it. I know it's the end. I'm glad it's over. You know, I did. It's funny. I did the same thing he did. You know, Sunday night there was Killing Eve. There's Homeland, and then there was the the Jordan documentary, and I watched Jordan, and it was actually a way to get hate in the room. And so we watched that and Homeland that they didn't even bother to put on, you know, watch it a day later. It was funny. Lombardi did the same thing, but it's like, it's never going to win a face off against any other show. Uh, no, that, I mean, I know my parents watch it too. I heard the first couple seasons were great and then oh, it were. was not so good, uh, ever since then. So yeah, I'm well, not, not going to put time into that. Claire Dane's face is so fucking obnoxious and, <laughs> and she does a cry face and a lip thing. And like, she is, she is just beyond obnoxious. It's unbelievable. Like would we instantly say, we're like, Oh, there goes a face. There goes her lip. There goes a face. And she's like a crazy person. And the yeah. funny thing is she's married to Hugh Dancy. I know. I and know. 
and he's on this year's season. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him. He looks like he looks like an MMA fighter. You have to look at him on home. Hugh Dancy. Listen, if you screenshot some image of him from Homeland from this season, I'm telling you, he looks like he's the haircut and his beard. He looks like I'm telling you, he reminds me of like some MMA fighter or something. Is he built? I don't. Did he get he big? He looks like he is. He's like in like fitted suits. He looks like he is. Because like he, in Hannibal, he was not a big no. guy, right? Not from what I remember. No, and you can tell now he's a really good actor because he's like a total dick in the show, and he's like a like an alpha, like you know, testosterone guy. Oh, interesting. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, his character is ridiculous too. But um, <laughs> but it's a shame he goes from Hannibal, and he's like, and now he's like in this nonsense, and he just just wasted. I mean. Ah, he was so good on Hannibal too. Oh, Jesus, tremendous! Talk about a show that had two great. That was a show with two great leads. I'll give it that. They they blew it towards the end, but man, they had some good actors on that show. Those were two guys, and those they're in the same boat. I wanted to see other things they had done after that, or at least you know, then they get on my radar because they're so good. I don't know if I could ever see what's his name, Matt, Mads something or other, yeah, the yeah. guy that played Lecter. I don't know if I could ever see him as anything other than Hannibal Lecter. Is the problem he played that role to a T better than Anthony Hopkins? I don't know oh, if, I, if I could. Yeah, it was fantastic. I I think I would always see Lecter. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So wh- how about next time? I'll be equipped to at least talk about season one of Mad Men. Nice. I'll be able to I'll be able to talk about seasons one and three of Fargo because I'm gonna I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna Star blow one? through seasons. I did. I started at Billy Bob's fucking hilarious. It looks like it's oh, gonna be great. What a great character uh, too. Yeah, I made it through one episode. I have to get back to it, but I'll definitely be able to. We can talk about all three of those seasons if you want. Um, I think that's good. I mean, this is good for the people. Everyone's binge watching. They yeah. can go ahead and watch those uh, seasons one and three of Fargo, and uh, we'll do a Mad Men rewatch for you and and a first watch for me. Very excited! I'm so glad yeah. you're on board. I'm really I'm really proud of you. Proud that you're taking my advice. Now you know someone else. I don't know many any many people that watch shows like I do. I mean, Melinda watches Fargo, but you know, then she just moves on to Ninety Pound Life, and it's like you know, really, <laughs> we don't have really conversations conversations about well if you're gonna watch the handmaid's tale i'm gonna watch that as well i would imagine i know melinda's gonna watch that because she's reading the book maureen's watching well she's maureen just finished the series uh this afternoon i heard it's really good yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna watch that i'm gonna uh, i was already watching mad men at some point i restarted it so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump back into that too i'm gonna watch fargo season one and it's funny i broke my ass to catch up to westworld and I still uh-huh. haven't started the new season yet, even though it's got Aaron Paul in it. Um, it's probably I, I not worth it. It's funny because it was always every Sunday night, it would be trending. People were talking about it from season two. I haven't heard shit about this season. Like it must be really bad. I know. I'm. I'm not going to watch that. There's no way I'm going to. There's too much great TV for me to watch. I, I have to watch. What is this? Like seven seasons of Mad Men. I'm not going to find time for Westworld. It's just not going to happen. That's I mean, but if you're going along the lines of put, fitting in an episode here and there or something, you know, it's like you're going back and forth between shows, you know, it might be worth an hour of your time. Ah, uh, we'll watch. see. If you watch I don't know that I'm going to get into that one. 
No, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't blame you. I just want to. I mean, I'll let you know. I'll watch it and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you whether or not you need to see or just fast forward to the Aaron Paul parts. Oh yeah, well you have a man crush on Aaron Paul, I guess. That's what it sounds like to me. I guess You're I watching do. like a whole series that was supposed to not be that good just to see Aaron Paul. Like just go back on and rewatch Breaking Bad. Yeah, you're or watch right. El Camino. It's on Netflix right now. <laughs> I literally watched two seasons of a show that made no sense that I had no interest in. And it was like, <laughs> and you know, you're watching it, and it's like, you're, all I'm thinking is they've wasted so much money. They got Anthony Hopkins. They got that that guy Jeffrey. Uh, fuck his. What the fuck's his last name? He was in Boardwalk Empire. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor? Uh, I don't know. What are you talking about? No. No. Oh, fuck. Who knows? If people, if they watch Westworld, people know what I'm talking about. They had him. They had that, the girl you like. Uh, they have the girl I like. Um, they have, <laughs> you know who they had in it? They had Lyle, the intern from David Letterman. Remember that guy? I do. Wow. That's a callback. He was a major character in season one on Westworld. Oh, I remember. I mean, I I watched like more than half of that one, but I just uh, I couldn't really get into it. Yeah, understood. I I was watching this. I was playing games. I was on my phone. It was like the thing I hate that anyone does around me. Yeah, but Westworld. I was just like, eh, whatever. All right. Well, you can give us a Westworld season three right, well, update next you. time. Then how's that? I'll give you two minutes. Are you watching the draft tomorrow? Are you excited? Yeah, sure. I might watch Mad Men instead. We'll see. You're not excited for the draft, huh? Nah, I'm just I'm and until until everything starts back up again, I'm kind of I'm out of it. Hmm. I, yeah, well, it's it's fine. I am I, actually I'm excited for the idea that it might be like a real draft, but once I see everyone zooming, I might just be out. Like, yeah, that'll, that's that'll, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like watching all these specials where people are singing from home. I'm sure you've been watching those nonstop. No, I, I saw something that Saturday night. I saw the Rolling Stones or something. Yeah, I saw something too. Yeah, you're right. Um, Thrills me. It's <laughs> fucking odd. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it. I I don't know. Uh, let me just leave you with this uh, this advice. You charge a guy. Always charge right. a guy with a gun. With a knife, you run away. Run away from a knife. So you charge with a gun. With a knife, you run. Does that make any sense? Well, you know why Pacino runs away from that knife? He doesn't want them to cut his hair by mistake. That's what he thinks they're coming after him to give yeah. him a haircut. <laughs> we finally, I'm glad you cracked the code on that one. I've been wondering all this time why he was doing that. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you very much. All right. That's it. You have uh, any, any final words for the audience, or can we nah. say goodnight? Yeah. See you later. All right. Adios. Thanks, everyone. It's a god of the state of mind Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time Football kids and movies about crime It's a god of the state of mind <laughs>